What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, I bring you incredible guests from all over the world. So sit back, relax, and tune in. My next guest has quite the heart tear jerking story from psych wards and felonies to fitness trainer and now a life coach. Please welcome John Kimball. John, welcome to the show. Hey, what's up? What's going on? Oh, yeah. So that is a quite a heavy introduction. I want to hear a little bit about what happened in your life that created or allowed you or landed you in the psych ward and having felonies. Yeah, well, I mean, it all started back to when I was going down that path. I wanted to be a gangster, right? Uh, what I thought it was a gangster. And I don't know, I was just doing a bunch of criminal activity. I was just stealing stuff, selling it, me and a couple buddies. And that eventually alluded to bigger things like robbing houses and everything. Um, I was stealing, dealing, and all that type of stuff. And then I ended up in the psych ward because of that, because I was doing so much stuff. I had to be put somewhere, you know. And originally I had tried to take my life twice. That's why I can't drink or anything anymore. Because if I do, I'll either have the need or want to commit homicide on someone else or myself. And that's what happened. I tried to on myself, so that's why I can't have or touch any drink anymore. But the thing is about that, all that was was just a prerequisite to who I am today. And that's what, yeah. How is, so why did you turn to wanting to be a gangster? Did you have a rough family life? No, actually my family was perfect. It was good. I had a good um, family and you know, good house, good everything. It was just easily influenced at that age. And uh, I was originally adopted, so I never knew my actual mom, my actual dad, because my, we all have, I all have different siblings from different dads. So, um, you know, just confused and everything. And when you, once I got that taste of like that adrenaline rush from doing something dangerous like that, it just all led down to a path of a whole criminal life of crime. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's usually you're searching for something else if you're turning to something like that. I mean, I come from a broken home and my sister, my younger sister, she got in a lot of trouble, you know, and she was real young. And um, I know it was because she was hurt. She was very hurt by, you know, my father being a deadbeat, leaving us, you know, not being there for us. And so and many other people I've talked to on the show, there's usually something that really maybe you haven't figured that out yet, you know, that had that made us look at something like that as desirable, you know, because we know it's not right. Right. I mean, I'm sure in, inside you knew at the at the base level, at the foundation that what you're doing was wrong, but you decided to do it anyways. Yeah, yeah, I did. And it was just all it is right. I think is that even on the bad decisions, I still feel like it was my purpose to do that. I used to have a goal of actually wanting to go to prison and jail. And I was happy. I was running away from the police. Um, I don't know. It was going about 60 or something on the four. I was, it was like a 10-minute chase. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, this is awesome. I started laughing while I was running away from him. And then I was running away. Then I hopped off. I was running away with a gun and a, a box of drugs in my hand. <laughs> and I was like, oh, this is awesome. I'm going to jail. Like, I was actually content on that thought because I thought that was my purpose at the moment. And... The thing, of, but like I said, it all leads to way. It's the prerequisite into who I am today. Because your greatest downfall is the is the 
precursor to your greatest success. But yeah, it was just, like I said, easily influenced. I really don't know. I just wanted to be a gangster, you know. It was just, just a what bad... What did you, your family say about that? Oh, it caused them a lot of pain and hurt. And that's one of the things that actually made me want to change was me seeing all the pain that I was causing to others doing that. You know, when they found... My dad never cries, right? He never does. And that was the first time I ever seen him cry when he found out about that, when he found out about what I was doing. And I tried, he's like, what? He tried to take my life twice, found a bunch of drugs everywhere, found the price tags on the bags. He saw all of that, and he was like, he was like, golly, then he just broke down in tears. And, I, yeah, and I was so messed up that, I mean, they wanted to diagnose me as a sociopath because of all the stuff I was doing. That when they was in crying and in hurt, I can clearly see that, I would record them and use it as entertainment for later. So that's how messed up I was. That's how fucked up I was. I was pretty, yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, wow. Well, I mean, you could have died during some of that stuff. Oh yeah, of course, but I didn't care. I mean, they was my. I never thought I would live past twenty one. You know, I never thought I would live past that. I was like, it's not gonna happen. And the moment that really changed for me though was when I um, I was coming off of a bad hangover. It was like I, I don't know. I just snorted some pills. I did some alcohol, the drink, uh, promethazine, all this stuff. And I was coming off of the hangover on my couch, and I was like, I was like, damn man, this is not right. And I saw the pain I was causing my people the people that are truly and really loved in life so i just got up and like i always say intense physical action is the gateway to a higher frequency so i went and i ran five miles and when i came out the psych ward right the therapy didn't help they tried to send me to rehab the pills didn't help nothing helped the only thing that helped was me looking in that self-accountability mirror and taking action and taking accountability for everything i was doing wrong and causing harm to them and then once my self-talk was directly aligned with the person that I wanted to become, then it all changed from there. You know, it all changed from there. And then that's the moment when everything changed for me. I like that. When my self-talk was aligned with the person that I wanted to become, everything changed. That is really good. That is a great quote for like for you. Um, what is the message to young people that might be listening to this that, you know, maybe going down that path right now that you would want to want them to hear? Just follow your conscience. If you seek deeper in within your conscience, and if you, instead of avoiding the problem through instant gratifications like I did through the drugs and the alcohol and everything like that, not overcoming it, choosing to run away from it, losing happiness in the same place, you know, trying to find happiness in the same place I was losing it, always constantly led me down the wrong path in life. So instead of that, running right into the solution instead of dwelling on the problem, you know, because sometimes... The solution seems far-fetched, like we don't want to go in towards that anxiety or depression, but actually we have to want to run right into it, and running away from it only deters us from that path of purpose, you know, that's all it yeah, is. Yeah, I would agree. I think a lot of people don't want to deal with that the uncomfortable feeling of anxiety, but if you kind of just embrace it and try to find the root cause of what's causing it, you really can learn to not only like discipline your mind and your and your body to overcome it, but it also keeps your eyes clear, your mind clear of what, you know, of what really is the underlying issue. You know what I mean? Um, so now you're a fitness trainer and a life coach. I want to know what made you want to become a life coach. Oh, I just owe it to everybody. I mean, all I wanted to do was heal myself and then heal others as well because of all the pain I caused to everybody. 
you know, especially in isolation in the psych ward when I was sitting there alone, I was so, um, they made me, so there's a psych ward, right? And that's a special place inside of a special place. And that's where I was, right? I was in an even more special place because they had to isolate me from the others because they wanted to make sure I didn't like seize or die or withdraw or something because of how addicted I was. And they would have to shine a flashlight in my eye every five minutes and they would have to check on me like that and observe me through a window while I was sleeping to make sure I was right. And they would come and open and close the metal door. Anyone that's been in at 5150 knows what I'm talking about. And then, uh, so in that time of isolation, I reflect. And in that time of reflection, that's when I realized that, you know, that's when I realized that I had to change. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess you don't really have any other option, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, it's probably not an experience that anybody really wants to go through is having to be in that kind of situation. No, of course not. And there's weird people all around there. And there's um wings you're on. I was on a wing, and then there was E wing where it was all the dudes that. And there's some big motherfuckers in there. I mean, they're huge, right? <laughs> so and then so you would, and then people from different wings. I mean, they don't get along with each other. If you walk past the lines, and then. They're getting, like, you're getting bad looks, you know. Like, anything could pop off. So you don't know when you're going to get sent. And they swap people over a lot. And then, so you always have that fear instilled within you. So it always keeps you in check to keep you physically and mentally well so that you're prepared for whatever can come, you know. Yeah. So even in the worst of moments in the psych ward, um, peak physical performance, intense physical action always realign me with something greater outside, you know. Maybe physically I was locked up in that place, but mentally I was free because yeah. of doing and alleviating that negative mindset, you know, because it's not the, it's not the situation. This is what I always preach. It's not the situation. Sometimes you can't change the situation, but you may can change the person inside of the situation, which is you yourself, you know, how you view it. That's all it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm a big believer in um physical activity to really like release a lot of you know i've always been that was my outlet when i was younger i used to work out in in high school in the gym with the the football players after school and just like during lunch i would go just go run and that was my outlet to kind of keep myself stable right because if we're going through a hard time especially as a young person you know our our paths are so unclear we're just unsure like where we're supposed to go and it's a scary place to be right like oh my gosh what do I want to do with my life? You know, time is ticking. I'm no longer going to be in school and I got to make this decision on what I want to do. And it, and for me, my father was gone too. So like I, and I was the oldest sibling. So it was like, I had to do something to process that, those thoughts. Right. And so working out was an outlet for me. So for you, that was a way for you to really kind of keep yourself stable and grounded. I mean, it was, yeah, that was the main reason why I even uh, stop doing all that stuff as well because one every time I did exercise or box like I was boxing at the time it would it would just completely take me away from all the pain and everything that I was dealing with at the moment you know because that's what that does I mean you're getting your blood oxidation levels up and you're moving your heart's moody moving so you know you're forgetting about anything um internal that's going on yeah no I think that's a great and so at what point did you become a fitness trainer and a life coach? So like after all that, and you just had this like aha moment and you've kind of switched the, your path that you were going down. When did you decide like to do those things? Well, I decided that it was like about two years ago. 
It was about two years ago. I didn't even know anything about coaching. I just wanted to help people. So I originally just helped out my friends get memberships, physically fit, that help people around me do that. And I was just giving tons of value for free and helping everybody out. I was dealing with addictions, vices, whatever, and uh, helping and keeping them accountable and healing them. And I mean, I didn't ask for any money, but they would, some people would pay me anyway, just because of how much value I was bringing. But, and I would be like, no, I don't want your money, you know? And then, and then I was like, well, maybe I should start um, a business and start charging for this. And then that's what I'm doing now. You know, that's what I'm doing now. I actually just recently started charging because I've always not for the like two years, but I've always did it in person, you know, just going around helping people. But now I took it online. Yeah. That's great. So, um, the, the friends that you were helping, were these the friends that you were running it around getting in trouble with? Oh, no, those, there's no help in them anymore. <laughs> Sorry, I should have asked the way you said that, though. <laughs> no, no, there's not. I mean, they're still, they're still dealing and everything. It's um, not a problem. I mean, some people that really go deep down that path, few make it out, you know. Oh, yeah. But well, the people that, I mean, this is just, no, this is just new friends that I made, you know. Um... That, those type of friends, and then, I mean, I would just want to help them out in any possible way that I could, and older men out there, especially to them, because they're mostly, mainly them is the ones that's dealing with all that stuff, because young people like, like 18, 19, early 20s is not going to listen as much, you know? Yeah, no, I think that when we're that young, we're pretty set in our ways and think we know everything. I know I did. I know I thought I knew everything at that age. Like, you can't tell me nothing. <laughs> Um, you have a question here, and you you kind of mentioned this before. What was it like being a sociopath? They said that you that they wanted to label you as a sociopath. That's, yeah, pretty, yeah, that's, yeah, a, yeah. Pretty, that's a pretty heavy label. Oh, it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, they even called my parents like, you know, <laughs> fucking kids, crazy. <laughs> you know, in the sideboard. There was like um, trying to give me a therapist. Well, they did give me a therapist for it. But like I said, I never listened to anything she said. Because I always felt like it was magnification of the problem. So instead, I would just focus on something else, like something greater, like boxing, a greater purpose, and uh, distract myself from whatever was going on. And I never really, I don't, I don't really believe in that. I'm not a sociopath. I was involving in activities that caused me to be or to myself as one, you know. So um, it was just all the criminal activity I was doing, uh, the homicidal thoughts and and threats, whatever, and uh, trying to take my life, and all that, all that type of stuff, manipulating people, and and the social. This is the thing that's crazy. Sociopaths, right, or sociopaths are always known for their laziness and unresponsibility. If that's the case, if I was, if I was supposedly one at a point in time in my life, then how am I the most consistent out of everybody else that I know? If I was down that worse, I mean, I haven't missed a workout, an early wake up, a three forty-five, a two forty-five to three forty-five a.m. wake up. Wow, holy five, God. Like five hundred twenty-five days or something, and um, going, you know. So I mean, I it's just all in perspective, you know. If I can do it, they can too. I mean, that's that. Absolutely, absolutely. So who are you mentioned this older older man? But who is your ideal client? Who do you who do you want to work with and help? Um, what does that look like for them? Yeah, the all yeah any the men mainly mainly specifically men. I mean, I, I do women too. I do a women. I train women um, in their sixties and stuff like that. But yeah, it's mainly men, especially them because of course we could relate more. They're dealing with 
um, that type of shit, like vices and addictions. And the fitness and nutrition, of course, I present because that's the part of life coaching, you know, and just getting them physically uh, ripped so they can be tied to that result and that which distracts them and deviates them from that negative mindset. And it is a gateway to a higher frequency. So that's why I do do that, you know. So, but it's mainly, yeah, yeah, those men. I like that. It's a gateway to a higher frequency. I would agree. You know, like when I'm on my on my A game, yeah, I'm just feeling like I'm vibrating at a higher level, you know, and, and it's definitely it definitely kind of the having that discipline in your life. You know, people think I mean, discipline is like a muscle, right? You have to work it. You have to exercise it. You have to do it daily to really to really have it steadfast in your life. So I mean, I just love it. So some of the things that you you should could like coin some of these phrases you're saying because they're pretty good. Put them on a t-shirt or something and sell them to your clients. <laughs> that's what, yeah, that's what I do. And then, I mean, that's, that's what's the thing. That's what I always teach in my program is because I've overcame all of this stuff and I just have to teach it now to everyone else. I mean, I was the worst. I was down, going down the worst path. I was so committed down the wrong, wrong path that the moment I swooped and got into a positive one, it was all up from there, you know? So that's the mainly targeting them because I can change them just as I did myself. Congratulations, John. I think that's amazing. Where can people find you, connect with you, and learn more on working with you? Oh, on Instagram, it's just um, Kimball underscore fit. And then my website, of course, is just John. It's just KimballFit.com. My website is KimballFit.com, and my Instagram is Kimball underscore fit. Perfect. You guys, if you connect with John's story today and interested in, in learning more or working with him, Go click those links. Go follow him on social. It doesn't cost you anything, but if you want to have continue the conversation with him and you're curious about how he overcame all those hardships, go click those links. Go reach out and connect with him. John, this is the part of the show where I like to ask for last words of wisdom or advice. What would you like to leave with us today? Oh, I love this quote. It's, it's mine that I made up a while back. It was the one thing in which you wish to receive internally within yourself is most needed to be externally given to others. Mm, that was good. That was pretty deep. Wow. Well, uh, I praise you for overcoming a lot of those things that you d that you experienced when you were younger because a lot of people that get caught up in that don't survive. So you're one of the lucky ones that are able to say, you know, hey, I survived it. I went through it. And now I'm here to help others, you know, overcome some of those hardships and setbacks and vices that they're they're going through. So good for you. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what we're supposed to do. I mean, it's the thing is, like, I'm so fucking surpassed the, the physical and diet aspect of it, right? Like, it's, um, like, I could get you, like, ripped. It's no problem. But really, it's the, what's really bothering them is the internal issue, you know? It's that life problem. And that's what's most needed to be fixed. How are your parents now with what you're doing? Last question. Oh, they love it. They love it, yeah. I mean, I was, my mom had to get on medication and everything because of all this stuff I was calling her. I almost put her in the hospital. I mean, you know, mom's is, I'm sure it's, but, um, I mean, I'm making like, I don't know, I, I spent a couple of thousand this month in investment. She's freaking out about that, but I mean, it, I'll make it back. It's fine. <laughs> Good for you. Amazing. See from like setback to the major comebacks. That's what we're all about here at Label Free Podcast. John, thank you so much for sharing your story. We really appreciate you. And I wish you a ton of success moving forward in your life. And may you be a beacon of hope of other people that might be going through some hard times like you went through. 
Thank you. Thank you you're, so much. You're welcome. You guys, this is your host, Deanna Radulescu with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. As always, don't forget to subscribe, follow, rate, review, comment, share, all those good things. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.